This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Uh, and we've got a special guest with us, Blair. Yeah, I'm so thrilled today to have Linda on the line. Um, and I know, Elaine, you and I, we talk about a lot of the concepts here. We give various examples. Um, but I know so many clients are, are really wondering, well, you know, what's it like when rubber hits the road, when someone has to file either a bankruptcy or a proposal? What are the circumstances that got them to that situation? What's the experience like? And then also, how are they doing afterwards, you know, once they get help from their debt? Um, so I was so thrilled because Linda um, agreed. We reach out to all of our clients. Um, when we do our, our debt study every year. And we've talked about that in the past, the insights we get from our various past clients. Uh, and Linda was somebody that said, you know, yeah, I would, I would like to share my story uh, publicly to help people understand that they're not alone when they struggle with debt. And there's a lot of factors that can cause somebody to have a debt challenge. Um, so Linda, I wanted to welcome you onto the show today. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Excellent. And we're, we're thrilled to have you. Uh, just starting off very open-ended, can you tell me a bit about the situation that brought you to Sands & Associates? What was going on that the debts became a problem? Well, uh, the first situation was um, uh, my son was about four years old and I found, oh, I'm a single parent. I found that, oh, I just can't make ends meet no matter what I do. Finding mm -hmm. myself, oh, taking loans out and just trying so hard to keep afloat. Um, and due to the fact I needed to stay home with my son at that time, I couldn't go out to work. It was really, really tough, and I had not been in, in that situation ever before, um, and it was a, a really good eye-opener for me because, um, you know, I wasn't ever very wealthy yet, but I had enough funds just to, you know, buy things and buy gifts, get dental work done, all those things, and suddenly it's just like, no. I can't even afford bread right at the moment. And so it, I had no choice. Uh, but it wasn't really difficult for me, per se, because um, I just needed to get a top of myself and get and mm -hmm. take, you know, help my son with, you yeah. know, getting things for him. And it was the right way to go. For me. And what what kind of debts did you have at the time? Was it was it the credit cards? I'm curious about you know what the day to day it, was like. Were you getting collection calls or threats or letters? Yeah. What what was that like? Yes, it was like that, and it was every my phone, my cell phone provider was calling me constantly, calling our our home number constantly, like through the night, and um, it just it's just so overwhelming. And it wasn't just that; it was I had Visa cards and. All kinds of just paying, robbing Paul to pay Peter, or however you say that, and it just yeah. kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and there was just no way out. So once I filed for bankruptcy, everything just seemed to is such a relief because mm -hmm. the one payment a month I could manage, everything else kind of went away. I still, you know, felt oh, you know, I wish that didn't happen, but mm -hmm. I really had no choice. And I knew what I was doing that was going to be, benefit my son too. And it, I, it's, it's no self-blame. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yeah, and it, it sounds like, and, and again, this is the right decision all the time. You put the needs of your family uh, ahead of the needs of the creditors, uh, but that can be tough in the moment, especially if there's a collector on the phone, or like you said, getting many calls per day. And a yeah. lot of people, Elaine and I talk a lot about, a lot of people wait about two years from when they know they have a problem until yeah. they're, they're reaching out for help. What was that yeah. journey like for you? Did you reach out right away or was there a period of time you didn't know what to do? Well, it was um, interesting because I had a fairly good position, job, and um, but the sec- my, when my son was two, I needed to be with him for um, certain reasons, and I had to quit my job. So, um, so I eventually went on income assistance, which I, you know, was actually amazing because they're very helpful for me. I never thought, I never even that that would happen, that I'd be on income assistance. And as I said, then suddenly even more, you get more and more and more in debt with different things. It's not that I was buying a whole mm-hmm. lot of things that that weren't necessary. It's just everything compiled. And so after it was a little bit of time, so I can't even do this anymore. So um, these phone calls, it's just so like I, I thought, no, I've got to, I've got to file for bankruptcy. It's just, it, it's just overwhelming for me and for my son too that all these phone calls things pressure it's not good for your mental health either mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and, and, I, and i think linda it's so valuable you you being on the show today because um you know even before i was a trustee i think i made certain assumptions that if someone files for bankruptcy it must be they want on the spending spree or gambling or, yep. or various things like that but i was yeah. very quickly um dis- dissuaded from those perceptions when i started to meet with my first clients and so many of them it was just you know it's, it's the cost of living uh, it's the providing for your family and, and especially if you were on income assistance at that point we know that's not enough to make ends meet um you know no. probably the vast majority of it goes to just shelter and food and even more so now with, with crazy inflation so a lot of folks you know have to use credit to to fill that gap um, can right. you tell me a bit about the overall process of when you filed for bankruptcy? Um, you know, how was the, the meetings? How was the signing of documents? And what did you have to do to get through that and come out the other side? Uh, first, um, if you ask me how I heard of Sands and Associates, uh, mm-hmm. I'll have to say it's um, advertising. I've seen it in flashing, you know, in, in like, not flashing, but in newspapers, mm-hmm. things like that. So I went to you, uh, mm-hmm. not knowing who else is only place I thought to go and I went downtown took the bus and and entering the building and it was like I didn't it was bizarre because I thought I'd felt feel shame or feel like like I wasn't supposed to be there why am I here you know all these things but I walked right in and everyone is Mm -hmm. so kind and so Mm -hmm. understanding I felt no no um no shame Uh, and I knew this was the right thing to do and the meeting there's two meetings very wonderful, great advice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh! And then, so finally, when after a couple of years, it was paid for. Everything was done. I was cleared. It was amazing. You know, it's just like I. That's why today I'm talking because I hope someone can maybe reach out to you if they're in my position or in their own personal position for some, mm-hmm. you know, help because I just want someone to feel better. <laughs> you know. It's a yeah. tough one. Mm-hmm. No, that, that 
That's for sure, Lynn. And if you could see me, you'd see I'm just just smiling with, with pride here because, you know, the experience that you had is exactly the experience we, we try to put out there. And with all of our staff, it's, yeah. you know, how would you treat yeah. a close family member if they had a money problem? Yeah. You wouldn't approach yeah. it with judgment. You would approach it with empathy um, and let them know that you're here to help. So I, I'm just yeah. so thrilled um, that that was your yeah. experience as well. Uh, what, yeah. what was what was surprising, if anything, about the process of getting help with your debts? Um, no, well, surprising in uh, surprising that you know it's it's very confidential. I think not surprising in that sense, but just mm-hmm. to know that it's so confidential, nobody needs to know um, unless you want to share with someone that this is happening. Because mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think, and also, just I don't know it, because everyone has a different experience in life, but mine was well, this is what's happening, and we'll get through it, and I felt the support that it's okay. You're, you're mm-hmm. doing good. You're doing good. You're, you're moving on. So it wasn't like, uh, I didn't feel like, why are you in this position? What, what couldn't you have mm-hmm. done better? You know, that kind of thing. I never felt that at all. And yeah. that's uh, really cool for me because <laughs> I've always put that pressure on myself. Like, why did you do that stupid thing or something? <laughs> it's like, But I never felt that with you. So it's, it's um, it was really good. Oh, that, that's great, Linda. I think it's one of the things we humans are great at is judging ourselves more harshly than anyone else would, would ever yeah. judge us. And, you know, especially so when, when it comes to debt um, and, you know, to say, well, why are you in that position from hearing your story, Linda? I don't think there's much you could have done different, if anything. And that's echoed right. for me, you know, day after day, year after year with clients who are just doing everything right and trying to provide for their families. If we think about the COVID pandemic, you know, nobody caused yeah. that, but so many people are just reaping the, the impact um, of that mm-hmm. on their finances um, and I yeah, yeah and I, I was thrilled to have you on the show today too because I know we've also been able to help you out again a little bit more recently um, but not with the bankruptcy with a different solution of a consumer proposal so I wonder if you can Correct. talk a little bit about that and, and um, you know what that experience has been like right so exactly what you said about COVID I mean it's it's been um, really difficult for so many people and um, just thinking I was back to work and I was Mm -hmm. getting my feet on the ground again. It was really, really nice. Everything was going along. But then the position I had was not full time, quite full time. And I just, I had to leave for a while. And so again, um, I'm, I started, I had no choice or I didn't think I had a choice. I started taking out more loans and different loan agencies here and there. And it got explosive. Like there was like, like again, you have to pay this one, to pay that one and then you get an increase in the loans you pay the other one so that's where i was finding myself and suddenly i'm like oh what how did i do this again and <laughs> but i reached out to you right away because i knew there was no no reason yeah i couldn't resolve this at all by myself so um there's absolutely no shame again i said i'm so sorry i'm doing this again but it's like well don't be sorry just come get some help and um so that was that was what happened there, and getting back on my feet now again. So hopefully, um, and I know I will. It's just that was a surprise. The the whole COVID thing actually, you know, it, you can't blame it all on that, but it. Um, I think it affected a lot of people. 
Yeah, it, it's it's definitely driven a lot of people through our, through our doors. And I, I was so thrilled, too, that, um, you know, now there's more awareness and yourself, especially about filing a consumer proposal. Um, so, you know, yeah. so the second time we're able to assist you, it, it's not a bankruptcy. It's you stopping all the interest, paying back what you can afford to repay. Um, we're yeah. down to just about our, our last minute here, Linda. But I wonder if you right. could just share any words of advice for anybody else who might be in a similar position. I think there's just been so much wisdom that you've shared. But anything you could tell somebody who's listening, what you think they might want to consider? Well, I think my, my goal here today is just I hope somebody can reach out to you if they're feeling like on the edge of whatever edge they're on is um, whether they want some help or they're feeling they can't ask for help and they're going to maybe suffer more than they need to. And I just want to help at least one person. Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you, Blair. It's really lovely, isn't it, Blair, to hear someone who's benefited so much um, from from going through the process and learning, it sounds like from Linda's, in so many ways, uh, through each of those processes. And I, I just can't help but think the whole counseling element to the physical process or, you know, the, the document process that everyone goes through is of such benefit to people. I want to remind folks you're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates. Check out the website. It's sands-trustee.com. And through that website, you can get lots of good information as well as make that first appointment and sit down with somebody and talk about your situation and go forward. They're number 1-800-661-3030. You're listening to Dollars and Cents. What should you do if you can't pay your debts? That's got to be the number one question, period, that people have and why they'd be coming to see you, Blair. But this is for folks. If you're having difficulty making monthly debt payments or struggling to pay off those credit cards and other bills, we're going to get some great expert advice from Blair on what to avoid if you're in these types of situations. So, Blair, if someone is struggling to make their debt payments or has already missed a payment or more, What's the first thing you recommend they do? Well, the first and the best thing you can do if you find yourself facing a financially difficult situation is to connect with a licensed insolvency trustee that's local to your province and to your community. An LIT, a licensed insolvency trustee, is your top resource for dealing with debt and we're Canada's only professionals fully qualified, endorsed and authorized to advise you on all of your options and will help work with you through the various solutions that can help you resolve your debt issues. So you might contact a trustee when you need some insight into your legal rights when it comes to a debt, when you want to know whether a debt is actually collectible or not, and of course, what to do when despite all of your best efforts, you just can't pay that debt back. Um, or if you're making regular payments, but you just need to explore some solutions and how you can better manage your debt. If you're facing an extreme situation, working with an LIT is going to allow you to get protection from your creditors and stop all of these escalating actions like all the collection calls, the demands for payments, um, even court actions. But it doesn't have to be that extreme for you to reach out for help. In my experience, the majority of people that I talk with, they wish they hadn't struggled for so long before getting some professional assistance and support. And I know as an LIT, it can feel overwhelming, it can feel hopeless. 
isolating, like you're the only person in the world that's struggling with a debt problem. Uh, but you need to understand that there's people here to help. Um, at Sands & Associates, we serve the entire province. We offer our full suite of services from local offices, as well as over the phone and online, whatever is most convenient um, and, and comfortable for you. And you need to know that you're not alone. You don't have to keep your debt problem to yourself or solve it alone. We're here to help you with respect and empathy and without judgment. Um, the way that I summarize it, and this is on, on some of our, our marketing materials, and it's it's true, is that you owe it to yourself to get debt help. Everyone focuses on how much do I owe the bank and how much do I owe the credit card company, but the toll of being in debt and the debt stress is real, and it can significantly impact your physical, your mental health, your relationships, and your overall well-being. So sometimes it's, it's time to stop focusing on what you owe to all the creditors. What do you owe to yourself? So sometimes the most difficult part of solving a debt problem is admitting there's a problem and reaching out for help. But one of the worst things you can do is just trying to ignore the issue because if you don't take action, your situation is very unlikely to resolve itself. It's almost always going to get worse. Blair, what are some of the common things that could happen if a person isn't able to make uh, payments on the debt that they owe? Yeah, the first thing that's likely to happen is your creditor is going to start charging you some fees for defaulting or missing your payments, and they're going to report those defaults on your credit history. Um, they might do some kind of helpful things like hike your interest rate up. So you're already having trouble paying a certain interest rate. Well, they might start to make that an even higher interest rate because that was a preferred rate. If you don't miss payments, now that you're having trouble, they make it even more expensive, and that makes your balances get even bigger faster. Um, if you've got a debt at the bank where you do your daily banking, they might start to seize payments from your bank account. Um, they've got what's called the right of offset, which means if you owe a debt to a bank and you have um, some money in any account with that bank, they can go into that account and take the money that's owed. So it's a tip that every licensed insolvency trustee would share is that you should always bank with what we call a neutral bank. So a bank that you have no borrowing relationship with, and that's going to stop anybody from being able to seize your funds without any notice to you. Um, this is pretty common, but creditors might send your account to a collection agency. So for the first couple of months when you're behind, they might be very nice and trying to preserve a good customer relationship. Usually after about three months, uh, they bring in the third parties and whether they sell off the debt to them or just hire them on a contract basis, that's when you'll start to get the incessant calls, the nonstop texts, the threatening emails. Um, and then finally, and I'm seeing this more and more than I ever have before, is they can start to take some legal action against you. So it might be tempting to ignore your mail. You know what it's going to say. It's just going to say the balances are higher, but that's a bad idea. You need to always open all of your mail because a collection agency or a lender, they might be taking you to court. And if you don't attend to that, um, you might be required to show up in court. You'll never get thrown in jail for being criminally in debt, but you might get thrown in jail for not showing up to a court appearance if you're required. So make sure that you don't ignore correspondence from your creditors if you find yourself in debt and the threats are escalating. So before we talk about the potential outcomes if a creditor does start to take legal action against you, I want to remind you, if you want to really sort of nip the situation in the bud, so to speak, and you want to take some action, you want to sit down with somebody, this is how you do it. This is their phone number for Sands & Associates. And a reminder, they have offices all over the province, 1-800-661-3030. Or you can also make that first appointment going to the website at sands-trustee.com. Okay, so this is the scary part. What are some mm -hmm. of the potential outcomes if a creditor does start to take that legal action against you? 
Yeah, it's scary, Elaine, because essentially if you're being taken to court for a debt, unless this debt is something that's just a mistaken identity or something like that, the creditor is going to win, okay? All they need to do is prove that this is a valid debt. What they can do once they've gotten that, it's called a judgment against you, uh, they can do a few different things. They might do all of these. The most severe one for most people is a wage garnishment. So your creditor might get permission from the courts to take money directly from your wages, and that means contacting your employer. Um, They're able to add on their interest, their penalties, even the legal fees that it costs them to go to court, that can get added to that debt balance. And in the province of BC, they can typically seize up to 30% of your income before it comes to you. So that can just make it impossible for somebody to live and support a family if a wage garnishment is happening against them. Uh, What can also happen is an asset seizure. So a creditor might be able to put a lien against your home, which would be just like another mortgage. And when that house is sold, or when you try to renew your mortgage, which might be every five years or so for most people, your lender is probably going to say, we're not going to renew this mortgage unless this other charge is paid out. So you might actually be forced to sell the home at that point if you've been sued for a debt and it's now put on your title. And you have to uh, really understand that small balances um, are no security that you won't be sued. So prior to COVID, I would have said, if it's under $10,000, the banks are not going to invest the time and sue you. Well, that is now old news. Uh, I've seen regularly clients with as little as five thousand dollars of debt being taken to court having wage garnishments against them and i saw somebody last week with three thousand dollars of debt i've never seen such a small balance uh, been taken to court over but creditors are resurging their collection activities with a vengeance now the good news here is that in general most creditors take a fair amount of time to proceed with legal action so you're going to have notice there's going to be time to respond you know you'll know when the court date is and that gives you all the time that you need to connect with a licensed insolvency trustee because an LIT can stop any of those proceedings dead in their tracks. So if they haven't gotten that order yet and you work with a trustee, they won't be able to proceed any further. And if they're already seizing your wages, as soon as you work with a trustee to make a filing, those seizures have to stop right away. So that's a powerful tool the trustee has. Uh, One final thing is just one exception to the idea that you generally have time before a creditor can start seizing your wages is with Canada Revenue Agency because they're obviously an arm of the government, they don't have to go to court. Uh, They will give you some notice, but it might be as little as an email or one written notice or perhaps a phone call. And then CRA is able to go directly to your employer um, or register directly on title um, to any real estate that you have. Um, And that can be, again, very shocking. It can be something that happens quickly. And where a normal creditor is restricted to about 30% of your wages, CRA has no restrictions. So I've seen them seize up to 100% of even pension income, of CPP, of OAS. Um, Again, a licensed insolvency trustee can stop all of those things, but it also speaks to the idea of you just can't ignore debt and you certainly could not ignore debt to government. What are the other things that you recommend people do to, uh, actually, people should avoid doing uh, if they're trying to get a handle on their debt? Yeah, so a couple things, you know, one, I've summarized it here, is don't mistake making minimum pro payments for actually making progress. So the idea of I pay the minimums every month, my credit rating looks good. I want you to read closely on the statements that you have, any credit card statements where you're carrying a balance. There's a disclosure that says, and it's required by law, if you're only making the minimum payments, how long it's going to take you to get out of debt. I regularly have clients show me their statements where it's 150 years or 200 years, just something so absurd. And even relatively small-ish balances like $6,000, for example, which is not nothing, but 
no one would say that's you know an extremely high amount of debt. That can be decades, up to 40 years to pay off just with standard interest charges. So just because you're making minimum payments doesn't mean you're actually making pay progress to pay down the debt. Uh, you also need to be careful about the strategies that you're going to take to repay the debt. And if you're not working with a trustee, you might say, okay, well, I'm going to start cashing in some assets. I'm going to withdraw some RRSPs. I'm going to lose those anyway, so I might as well just use them to pay down the debt. Um, and for anyone who's listened to this show for any length of time, we talk about this a lot, especially RRSP assets are completely protected. There's no way you could ever be forced to surrender those assets. You can't be forced to cash them in, but you might be hoodwinked by a collection agent that feeds you basically lies that says, well, we're going to take them anyway, so why don't you just pay them directly to us? So be very careful if you're thinking of surrendering assets to pay off debt, because you might be doing something that you just don't have to do. And then of course, RRSPs are for you. You saved your whole life. They're for your retirement. You probably need that money. So paying it off to debt, well, what type of a situation does that leave you in? Uh, a couple more final uh, pitfalls to, to avoid here. Uh, one is avoid legally involving your family or friends, like borrowing money from them or co-signing credit. Uh, I would say it's never a good idea to co-sign a debt for somebody else or to ask somebody to co-sign for you, because what you're doing is you're adding an emotional charge to the financial pressures of an already stressful situation. And if you're unable to pay that debt back, and if you go and try to work with a licensed insolvency trustee, the trustee can protect protect you and can say, yeah, you're responsible for paying back, say, 20 cents on the dollar and everything that you need. But that co-signer that you involve, they'll now be responsible for the full balance that you don't pay. So a lot of people think, well, I'm just going to help somebody out by co-signing. I'm never going to be responsible to pay that debt. But you need to understand it can be what's called joint and several liability. Um, so that means if the person doesn't pay, you as the co-signer can be held accountable for 100% of the debt. So it's a veritable minefield out there of things you can potentially do that might feel right in the situation, but that can lead to worse outcomes overall. So you just need to get the right advice at the right time. And of course, understand that doesn't cost you anything. You can come directly to a trustee with no referral. You never have to pay for debt advice. And we'd be happy to sit down with anybody who's facing a tough situation and help them see what the options are. Yeah, I think that's so good that you ended with that because there's so many people out there wanting to help you. And oh my gosh, it would just be a minefield trying to figure out who they are, who do they actually represent, who do they work for, and all of that stuff. A licensed insolvency trustee really is the only person to go to in this um, because they're federally regulated to help you, which I think is just a, a really important piece to remember. Uh, you're listening to Dollars and Cents. If you want more information, sans-trustee.com is the website. 1-800-661-3030 is the number to call to set up that first appointment. And as I said, you're listening to Dollars and Cents. Well, this segment is all about what you shouldn't do. Uh, Blair is going to explain that consumers generally avoid uh, things when it comes to dealing with their personal debt, like it's too hard, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but this is where you can get uh, help solving problem debt for good. So let's talk about that, Blair. Um, the warning signs that your debt may be a cause for concern, and what are some of the actions that people might take that make things worse? 
Well, for no, no two people have the exact same situation, so the warning signs might seem a little bit different to each, but there are definitely some consistent hallmarks over time that we've said, you know, people have relayed to us. This is when I knew my debts were becoming a problem. You know, the most simple one is just that feeling, that feeling of anxiety, of hopelessness, that if you're feeling just so worried about your debts all the time, uh, you know, that's a big warning sign that perhaps you do need to get some debt help because it shouldn't feel that way. You shouldn't have constant anxiety about your finances every minute of every day. Um, some of the more traditional warning signs, things like you've been considering or you've been turned down for a bank funded consolidation loan. So oftentimes one of the first things people do when they know they've got too much debt is they try to consolidate. So seeking that out and then eventually being rejected as a lot of people find out, unfortunately, um, that's a significant warning sign. Um, just not having a plan. So being in a situation where you know there's no way in the next five years doing what I'm doing, I'm going to be able to get out of debt. Um, I'm just going to keep, you know, my head down, make the minimum payments and just continue to do that. Um, that's a warning sign that you're probably going to be paying a ton of interest. You're probably going to make the banks, you know, quite a bit of profits on you and your credit rating might look fine, but you're not going to move forward financially, be able to build a net worth and save money. Uh, if you're going to be paying off your standard debts for more than five years at pretty extravagant interest. Uh, one warning sign too, that's a bit counterintuitive is don't assume that just because you have great credit that you don't need debt help because the vast majority of people that file a bankruptcy or a proposal actually have pretty good credit. They're not out there missing payments or being sued. They've just come to the pretty stark realization that, you know, what they're doing right now is just not moving them forward. They're just treading water at best. So what should you not do if you find yourself in this situation where you think you got a debt problem? What are the things to avoid? Well, the number one thing to avoid is do not ignore the debt. It's one of the worst things you can do. Uh, you can't just wait it out for most debts that are out there. Um, you know, there's not a statute of limitation, anything to do with the government debt. And even for standard debts where there might be some period of time when the debt expires, you know, that can be years into the future. That could be a whole lot, um, you know, of, of, of um, anxiety, of heartache, uh, of threats, of collection calls. And sometimes the problem is just continually getting worse because there's more interest, more penalties are being added against your debt and things just continue to escalate. So one of the worst things you could do is just avoid the problem altogether and not deal with it. We definitely recommend that you face things head on. And if you continue to listen and definitely to other segments, you'll find there's a lot of things an individual can do if they find themselves in debt. So if you feel helpless, know that you're not helpless. There's a lot that you you can do. Uh, one of the other big things that you want to avoid doing is taking on more debt. Um, you know, sometimes people figure, I guess, you know, I borrowed to get myself into this situation, I'm going to borrow to get out of it. So whether it's looking at a consolidation loan, um, or a payday loan, or some really high interest type of financing, oftentimes someone gets turned down for a bank funded consolidation loan where the interest rate might be 10 or 12% or so. And the only people that will approve them is a high interest installment or payday loan lender, where the interest is 40 or 50%. The person has not improved their situation by turning their debt into more expensive high interest debt. Uh, and one of the last things to avoid is to count on unrealistic results. So you really have to have, you know, a very unemotional view of what am I paying on these debts per month? What's the interest charge? How much am I actually paying the debts down with the minimum payments that I'm making? And you've got to be realistic about your budget. If you think you're going to be able to spend a huge amount of your budget on your debt repayments, you might be able to do that for a month or two, but I guarantee you life is going to intervene at some point. 
And even if you have a budget that balances, but it's tons of money going to debt payment and you've got no ability to save money, what that means is when inevitably there's some external shock and you need an emergency fund to draw on, if you haven't been able to save any money, you'll be in a pretty precarious situation and maybe have to rely on credit again. So those are definitely a bunch of things to, to avoid. So before we talk about the some more mistakes that people sometimes make, and you know you already want to take some action to deal with your debt situation, this is the phone number. They've got 25 offices throughout the province in British Columbia, 1-800-661-3030. And it's just even just to sit down and talk with somebody about your situation and see if what the next step might be. And the website, which is just terrific, sans-trustee.com. It's just filled with pages of great questions and great answers, easy to understand in both cases, so that if you just need a bit more information before making that next step, Fair enough. Check out the website, sans-trustee.com. So Blair, let's talk about the common mistakes that people do make trying to deal with their debt that you really want to caution them against taking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two really big ones to go into detail here. The number one here, and I've been crusading about this since about 2009 when the law changed, but still I see it every once in a while, is the idea of cashing in RRSPs to pay debt. That is one of the worst things you can ever do to pay your debts down. And it's something that's not required. Uh, previous to 2009, you might have lost RRSPs if you had to file a bankruptcy. So people said, I'm going to lose them regardless. Let me just cash them in now and try to avoid having to, to file a bankruptcy. But since 2009, RRSPs have been fully protected. So you do not need to compromise your retirement savings. No matter how dire your debt situation is, that money is free and clear and protected. The issues when you cash in RRSPs is first off, you're compromising your future well-being. You're taking money that you know you'll need in the future when you're retired and you're spending it now and usually for past consumption. So you've really taken something away from your future uh, to deal with a current issue that arose from, from past behavior. Um, the second thing is that RSP withdrawals are fully taxable. And usually when you draw that money out from the bank, they withhold a certain proportion of it, but it might be far less than what the actual tax obligation is. So I've had a number of people over the years have said, yeah, I cashed in the RSPs. I just assumed the bank held back enough tax. You know, I paid off my debts pretty significantly, but then it was like, you know, a sack of bricks when suddenly I got my tax return next year and saw that I owed them thousands of dollars because the bank didn't hold back enough tax withdrawals on the RRSPs. So my advice would be to treat an RRSP like a company pension plan. You would never try to cash in your company pension plan to pay your personal debts, and you wouldn't be allowed to anyway. Um, the government has protected RRSPs, but the individual still has the option. So you want to make sure you're not even considering that option. Do not cash in RRSPs to pay debts. One of the most important things I hope someone would take away from this segment. Um, the second big piece of advice for people um, is to really be careful who you take advice from. So what often it's a well-intended friend or family member, but there's so many things that are out there in terms of different precedents, legislation, um, different sets of rules, and it can be really difficult to see how all of it fits together. And there's only a single professional whose job it is to put it all together for you and help you understand what's in your best interest. And that's a licensed insolvency trustee. So even someone like a debt consultant or a credit counselor, whether a prof for-profit or not-for-profit, they don't have the qualifications, the scope of knowledge, 
the authority and the legal powers of a licensed insolvency trustee. And I spend a lot of time talking with accountants, lawyers, and financial planners. Um, they'll send clients over, you know, quite often to us because they know this is not their area of expertise. But every once in a while, I'll have a call from someone who said, oh, yeah, my financial advisor told me, you know, consumer proposal won't work for me. I need to go into bankruptcy. And in the space of a few minutes, I can say, well, I can see why they might have thought that. But no, you have definitely other options to consider. So you want to make sure you're getting the right advice from the right source. You know, even family or friends who want the best for you, they just might not have all of the information. So reaching out to a trustee is the best thing you can do to make sure you're, you're taking the right steps. And I have a feeling too, you know, just sitting down with somebody from Sands and Associates for just a few minutes, let alone a, a real good appointment, you'd figure that out pretty quickly. Oh, oh, you actually do know what you're talking about and that person didn't. Or, oh, I was thinking about doing this, but now that sounds like a really bad idea. Let's talk more about what you think I should do. And that's the kind of thing that I feel uh, just meeting the various uh, people over the years that work at Sands and Associates. It's just really thoughtful, articulate articulate, smart people who are going to get you on that right path. So if you want to get that uh, that free confidential debt advice to work with somebody, a qualified professional on your personal debt-free plan, give Sands & Associates a call, 1-800-661-3030 or visit sands-trustee.com today. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. We're going to talk about consumer proposals, and I just want to throw in this little fact that this is one of the most favorite things that Blair Manton loves to talk about. It's one of the reasons why he became a licensed insolvency trustee. Uh, so you're going to hear it from somebody who's passionate about it, who cares about the process, and as a result ends up caring about you if this is a, a path that you choose. So let's talk, Blair, what, what a consumer proposal is for someone who might not know, how it can help the person become debt-free faster, and what to expect after the, per, the process is all complete. So let's start with the thing that you love to talk about is, is what's a consumer proposal, Blair, and uh, who might benefit from using one. Oh, and, and thank you for the, the great introduction, Elena. I'm just smiling here because it's, it's all true. You know, my life is different because I know about a consumer proposal. I was on a certain career path. And as soon as I found out about this incredible legal remedy that people don't know about, and it's someone in my personal life that really could have been helped, and I wasn't able to give them that assistance because I just wasn't aware. Uh, from that point, I started to go deeper, started to research this, became a trustee. Um, you know, now I'm president of Sands and Associates, so there's nothing else I would rather do in this world than and help people go on the same journey I was on to discover this legal remedy and try to help them apply it either to their life or to someone uh, in their life who might be suffering with debt um, because there's no shortage of that. There's a lot of folks at some point in their life that would really benefit from at least knowing that there's help out there or perhaps even putting into place a consumer proposal if their circumstances dictate. So what is a consumer proposal? Well, a consumer proposal is a means of consolidating all of your debt together without having to borrow anything. So you don't need a credit rating to qualify qualify, putting all your debt into a single payment, freezing all the interest down to zero, and then reducing that debt down to what you can actually afford to repay. It's often in the range of 20 to 40 or 50 cents on the dollar. Every situation is different, but in most consumer proposals, there's a significant reduction against what the person is being asked to pay. And in a consumer proposal, it's a monthly payment that you would make over a term of up to five years, but no longer. So a consumer proposal gives you a clear timeline on when you're going to get this debt 
debt problem off your back. Um, you have a clear idea of when it can all be complete and you're protected every step of the way. The same legal proceeding as if you legal protection as if you had filed for bankruptcy, but it's not the same as a bankruptcy, doesn't report the same, and it allows you to avoid that proceeding altogether. You know, just by means of an example, there's a real consumer proposal we recently filed. Uh, someone had debts of $40,000. Um, they came in, we looked at a situation that they filed for bankruptcy, their creditors would get very little recovery on that debt. So we said, okay, let's offer a consumer proposal for around 30% of the debt, in this case, 12600 so that person is going to pay $350 a month over 36 months. So if you can imagine $40,000, the person would not have considered they could be debt free in three years and certainly not at paying just $350 a month. Their minimum payments, I believe, were north of $800 to $1,000 a month. And most of that was going to interest. So it completely changes uh, your relationship with your debt because it's no longer a moving target. It's now something where you're just paying down a reduced balance. It stops again all the future interest. Uh, it reduces the debt to what you can afford and it keeps your, your assets safe from any creditor actions. So if you're worried you're going to get behind on payments and someone's going to sue you, start taking your wages or start seizing your assets, if you filed a consumer proposal, none of those actions can happen. And if they're happening now, everything has to stop. All the collection calls, any legal threats, everything goes to pause once you're under the protection of a consumer proposal. Excellent. So um, do you want to talk about the key steps to doing a proposal and then completing the process? Yeah, that would be great. So in terms of how you can get a proposal going, um, so you need to reach out to a licensed insolvency trustee. So only an LIT can help you with a consumer proposal. And it's always a free confidential consultation at Sands and Associates to help explore that option. Once you've had a consultation, we'll review the financial information, prepare your consumer proposal documents. And all this can happen in a matter of a few days if we need to get your protection quickly, or it can be as slow as you feel comfortable to move forward on. But once that proposal is filed with the government, your protection is immediate. So any creditors that are calling, you have to stop. Any legal action has to come to a close. And what happens over the next 45 days um, is your creditors have to vote on that proposal. So there's a chance they might say no to your proposal. And when I first looked into consumer proposal, I thought, well, this must be just a long shot Hail Mary pass. Creditors must never accept, you know, 20 or 30 cents in the dollar. And as I started to look into it, especially at my firm now, I could say, well, how's 99% of the time? acceptance rate. It actually blows my mind how many times a proposal can get accepted just about every case. And it makes sense because when we do a proposal, we have to show the creditors this is their best possible recovery. And if the person were to file for bankruptcy, and by the way, they're already in my office, we could do that tomorrow. But if the person were to file for bankruptcy, they would do worse overall, the creditor, because they would get less money back. So from our experience, 95% of the time when we make a proposal, it's accepted as is. And if we have to do some negotiations over that 45 day period, we still reach a deal in 99% of the time. So very high success rate. Um, after those 45 day approval period has passed, the proposal is then legally binding and you just continue to start to make those monthly payments. So if it was $300 a month, we thought you could afford, that's all that you pay. And you know, again, I almost sound like an infomercial guy, but wait, there's more um, in terms <laughs> of the costs, it's all included. So a lot of the times I'll sit down with someone, they'll say, okay, you got my debts down to $300 a month 
up and that's great, but they're looking for the catch. What's the other shoe to drop? What's your fee, Mr. Trustee? It's got to be a lot if you're doing this much for me. And I love having those discussions because essentially I can say your proposal is going to cost what you can afford and any trustee fees, they're all set by government and they're actually paid by your creditors. So if you're going to offer back $300 per month, you don't pay any additional fees on top of that. Your creditors through a government tariff have to allow the trustee to retain roughly 20% of what your payment is. So on $300, maybe $60 would go to the trustee and the creditor would get $240. But that's all behind the scenes. You're paying what you can afford to repay. The cost of that proceeding is being borne by your creditors. So I'm always happy to have that discussion because this is really, there shouldn't be a barrier to someone trying a proposal. You don't need to pay anything up front. You just need to be able to start making those monthly payments once the proposal is signed. And that's all worked out as you as you begin the process. So you know exactly what you're going to be paying when you're when you're going in. The other piece of this thing, and, and I know that you've talked about this before, is about the financial counseling sessions that you get as a result of, of being in this process. So in the hopes that you don't ever get in this situation again. Yeah, that's exactly true, Elaine. That's a core part of the proposal. And sometimes it's funny what, what people really find the value. So reducing the debt is one thing, but I have more calls of people saying, you know, years later, hey, the counseling really helped me out. It put me on this path. You know, I have people that have started businesses because of some of the good insights they got in the counseling or know how to rebuild their credit, set up better household budgets. So at least two times you're going to meet one-on-one -on -one with a qualified financial counselor. And that's a core obligation of the proposal. You have to make the payments, but you also have to have those two counseling opportunities, which again, people get huge value from. Huge value. I can't imagine, especially if, if you've never had that kind of counseling before. It's a, it's a big bonus. So once your final payment is made, what happens then, Blair? Well, we issue you what's called a certificate of full performance on the proposal. It says you've done everything you need to do. You've done the counseling and you've done the payments. All of your debts are legally discharged. And then you set forth to start to move forward with good financial habits. And we tell you what to do to rebuild your credit. What happens with a proposal? It drops off the sooner of six years from the day you sign it. So if it's a five-year proposal, just a year after your last payment, it's gone off your record like it never happened. And we tell you during the proposal, here's how you can start off to rebuild credit, probably with a secured credit card, maybe RRSP loans around tax time, things like that. And then after the proposal, you just continue with that behavior and you'll be surprised how quickly your credit will recover as long as you take the right steps. So if you already know that this is something you want to pursue further, the phone number to get a hold of Sands & Associates all over British Columbia now is 1-800-661-3030. Check out their website as well at sands-trustee.com. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.